Hello and welcome to Thursday afternoon. It's It may as well be the 4th of July out there. It's gorge. It's Is there sun still out? The sun yes. was out earlier. Yes, it is. It's like 65 degrees. It's gorgeous. I mean. What are we doing what's here? What's going on here? What are we doing here in this room? Let's go. I'll take this as long as they'll give it to us. I will too. And it's little moments that break up the winter like today mm-hmm. that make you have hope. You're like, <gasps> it felt we're, good we're getting on the other side of it. To be outside. I mean, just walking to your just walk into the truck and then it's walk so into nice. the into the building just like it's just nice even that little moment yes. of, of being outside is pleasant uh will it last we'll find out tomorrow tomorrow's friday so we will talk to steve templeton uh chief meteorologist over there at channel four he'll bring us the weekend forecast we'll see if uh this this weather this warm weather and the sun uh, will last or if we're going to be plunged back into uh, cold temperatures anytime soon. So make sure you are listening for that. Also, tomorrow's Groundhog Day. I know that's a big one for you. Can't wait to You'll celebrate. Wake up. I know you set your alarm to wake up in time to uh, watch the live stream of Pucks Tawny Phil. It's not even Pucks that really makes me, <laughs> that grinds my gears. It's the thing surrounding Pucks. <laughs> It is. It's like, what? Look at the pictures. Like, there's all kinds of, you know, because yes. tomorrow's Groundhog Day, there's all kinds of stories out there about Groundhog Day. And, you know, there's all these pictures from years past. There's like thousands of people. And the road is a Thousands <laughs> of people. And then there's the mayor with his goofy hat on and all Ugh. these people behind him. And they do Ooh. it at like seven in the morning. So all these people are up. Bright and early. I mean, they're all just like... Just to look at this groundhog. Him and and Han and like all around this groundhog and the thing comes out. It's like... What are we doing here? And a coin toss would have better... He's... He's... Wrong. His his percent... He's at 39% accuracy. 39%. I guess the greater question this this could be contemplated and we can answer tomorrow is why mm-hmm. is this still happening? <laughs> because it's a thing in Poxitani, Pennsylvania that makes a bunch of money for that city and state. And so they milk it. <sighs> and then what's the guy's name in New York? The one that I can't, every time I think of Groundhog Day, I think of de Blasio Killing, oh killing my gosh! Yeah, what on is, accident? Yeah, totally on accident. But still, it was there. We saw dropped it, it and he killed it. Dropping it, and what it's got a goofy name? name too. It's like, yeah, hold on. It's like New Jersey Mike or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> New Jersey Mike, 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 Mike. Mike. Well, He's got a groundhog. Yeah. Let me look. New York groundhog. groundhog. What? What is that guy's name? <clears throat> the one. It's not. It's not the original because at least one was killed by. Bill de Blasio when he was mayor of New York. Well, we can find out later. Yeah, yeah, no, it it doesn't give the name from the jump. No, he's got. Yeah, he's got a name. He's got a name. It's another goofy name. Yeah, we'll we'll just call him New Jersey. We'll just call him New Jersey Mike. New Jersey Mike. 
Lots to talk about today. We are going to be joined by Dr. Randy Tobler just about an hour from now, just after 3 o'clock. Dr. Tobler will join us to talk about uh, lots of things happening in the news today. Also, uh, we're going to get into some of the local issues and get an update on what's happening in the state capitol in Jeff City from State Representative Justin Sparks. He is going to join us in the next segment. So that is in just about 10 minutes from now. So definitely keep it here for that. Uh, We'll get into the uh, local issues with Justin in a moment. Let's look at some of the national stuff right now. New poll is out in South Carolina, and it shows Donald Trump continues to hold a big lead in that state. A Monmouth University Washington Post poll was released today And it shows Donald Trump has a 26-point lead over Nikki Haley in her home state of South Carolina. The poll asked Republican primary voters who they supported, and 58% said Donald Trump, 32% said Nikki Haley. Uh, What was pointed out by this poll is that now that it is a two-person race, both candidates, Trump and Haley, have seen a bump in support they have both gone up since everybody else has dropped out but nikki haley although she's gained support so is donald trump so she has not been able to close the gap at all even after it became a two-person race a similar monmouth university poll released a couple of months ago showed donald trump with a 46 percent with 46 percent support and haley with 18 percent support among South Carolina Republicans. So they both, again, she's got more support than she did before now that the vote's not being split up between DeSantis and Tim Scott and others, but so does Donald Trump. So he continues to have this big, this the, the gap between them is still, is still pretty good. Uh, another interesting point, Trump won all age groups with both men and women. So there's no, there's not even a demographic that he that doesn't cover. Can, Mm-hmm. You know, hang her hat on. Um, and the, the the voters there believe that Donald Trump has a greater chance of defeating Joe Biden in November. 42% said they believe Donald Trump could definitely beat Biden in the general election. 29% said he probably would beat Biden. Only 21% of South Carolina Republicans said Haley could definitely beat Biden. So again, 42% said they believe that Trump would definitely beat Biden. 42 to 21% that said that Haley would definitely beat Biden. 42% did say that she probably could, but obviously the stronger support and belief in a candidate is again with Donald Trump. Pretty tough to make the case that, uh, Nikki Haley should stay in this thing and pretty yes, tough is. to make the case that Donald Trump hasn't proved that he has the voter support. There is, it, it, I wanted to bring this back to E. Jean. She did that giant victory lap. We talked about it yesterday. If you missed Ugh. it, look at the listen to the podcast because we did a whole analysis about it. Mm. Donald Trump just lost a lawsuit. Had to pay $83 million yeah. to E. Jean Carroll. Yeah. She goes on a victory lap. She thinks she's got it all in the bag. And then a poll comes out and says Donald Trump is killing it in South Carolina. You know what? I don't have it. I didn't. I didn't uh, um, put this part of the poll in my notes, but the poll did address 
if it various lawsuits it? against. I don't know. I don't remember seeing if, if the 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 E. Jean Carroll specifically. I don't know if that one was specifically noted, but his his legal his legal problems in general were part of this poll. And well, as I've said before, people believe when when people believe somebody is being treated unfairly, especially by the government or the man, the system, they don't like it and they will that motivates them to defend him. So again, I don't have the the specifics of the poll, but it was definitely part of it that all of these all of all of these lawsuits Legal against troubles. Donald mm-hmm. Trump are are motivating people to support him, not scaring them off. But this is not having a negative impact on his support. It's having a positive impact on his support. So you came by my office earlier. I was on Twitter. I was watching a video that Ken Williams, follow him at Ken Show 941. I was watching a video that he retweeted and he made some comments about it. It's really funny. Don't know where the video, I don't know when it was taken and I don't exactly know what stadium it was taken from, but it looks like it was a football stadium. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump is walking into this football stadium. Everyone is losing their minds. People are screaming Mm -hmm. at the top of their lungs like it was Paul McCartney coming Mm -hmm. into the football arena. People are waving their hands, trying to touch him, taking videos of him. He's walking around, shaking hands, screaming back at them, saying, we love you. People start to break out into chant USA, USA. He, this arena, what, it is black people. It is white people. It is men. It is women. It old, is young. young. Yeah. It is old. It is any ethnicity that you can think of that lives in the United States is there in this arena. Mm-hmm. In the video, there there is nothing more to say other than people love him. And I have never been someone that jumped on it. And I look at this video, Tony, and I am like, holy moly. Mm-hmm. You can't. You Nikki Haley mm-hmm. doesn't have it. Joe Biden surely doesn't have it. And again, this video could have been from last year. It could be from yesterday. I've never seen anybody. That's but they don't have they don't have it in yeah. the lawsuits and the legal troubles that he's getting himself into. Whether E. Jean Carroll's story is true, whether she writes, whatever the case may be in that whole struggle, mm-hmm. it there it's not yeah. affecting yeah. Trump. People believe he's being unfairly targeted. It's not affecting him. Yeah, it's helping him. If it is affecting him, it's in a positive way. He is Teflon. There is nothing. Yeah. And the more that I see this and the more that I hear people from different communities talk about it, Snoop Dogg coming out saying, I got nothing but love and respect for Donald Trump. Right, right. The more I am not being influenced to like Trump because of these entities, but the more I f- I'm falling, not in love, but I'm seeing what it is. This I'm seeing what it is that yeah, makes Trump. Just how real and how big the support is behind him. Very real. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, he, like I said, I've never seen anybody that can do that, a presidential candidate, a politician that can go state to state to state and have thousands of people show up in stadiums to hear him talk. I've never seen anything like that. And I've, and, and I think, I think it, it's a big deal. I think it, it means something. I've heard so many, Pundits over the last few years say that rallies don't equal votes. I, I don't. 
how do, I don't I don't understand that I don't understand that argument. If 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 Joe Biden could get five, ten, fifteen thousand people to show up to a mm-hmm. rally, people would be going bonkers for it. You know this. They is, would act like he's God. They would. And Trump does it on the reg. It's interesting that you brought up that perspective <clears throat> about people neglecting how important rallies are. Dean Phillips, the guy that's running against Trump, yeah. I mean, running against Biden, excuse me. Yeah, the Democrat. Re- you uh-huh. reported on him whenever he first came out and said, I don't really want to do this, but I guess I'm yep. going to do it. Yep. He went to that Trump rally. <laughs> he joined it. He said, met nothing but amazing people, all yeah. lovely, all wonderful. Every kind of person you can imagine was at this Trump rally waiting for hours to go to a rally to see Donald Trump. He describes the experience as amazing. Yeah. He went to go see Trump. He said it was incredible. He said all the people there were friendly. Awesome people. I can't remember if that was the Iowa rally or the New Hampshire rally. But yeah, he said he talked to dozens of people as a Democrat. If you don't think that that. And he said that everybody, he said that they that they disagreed with, you know, that they. Sure. People he talked to, they had disagreements about the issues, but that everybody was but if you friendly and welcoming. And it was a. If you don't think that a Democrat who is saying. Why not? Let me go see what all of this is about and then goes to the rally and sees the people and sees them waiting for hours to get a chance to go hear Donald Trump speak. And then he goes to see Donald Trump speak and says it was a really great experience. If you don't think that matters, you are underestimating what's going to happen in 2024. Yeah. Yep. Another just uh, this poll, just another example of the of how commanding mm-hmm. his lead is over anybody else in the Republican Party and just how much support he has. Um, I'm going to read this really quick and then we're going to get to Justin Sparks. Joe Biden has once again repeated the claim about his son's death, this time in a call to the fallen service members uh, family. President Biden repeated a dubious claim about the death of death of his son, Bo. During a call with the parents of one of the U.S. service members who was recently killed in that drone attack in Jordan, while speaking this week to the parents of 24-year-old specialist Kennedy Landon Sanders, who lost her life in that drone strike, uh, Joe Biden said uh, that they were promoting her to sergeant. Um which was very, which meant a lot to the family. Her parents said, quote, oh, wow, that's the best news I've heard today. Thank you so much. That was Oliver Sanders, um, the father of the of the service member that was killed. He said, you don't know how much that means to us, to the president, to which Joe Biden responded. Oh, well, I'll tell you what. It means a lot to me. My son spent a year in Iraq. That's how I lost him. Mm. Bo Biden served in Iraq from 2008 to 2009. He died in 2015 of cancer. What? what? And he's been doing this over and over. over, and over. He did it in June. He said in a speech in June, quote, we lost our son in Iraq. He made the same claim a month earlier in May of last year. In 2022, during a speech in Colorado, he told the crowd that, quote, he lost his uh, his son, quote, lost his life in Iraq. Bo Biden should be honored, recognized, praised for his service. Absolutely. But Joe Biden twisting his son's story 
for political gain is so gross. It is so gross. That is like... Well, he served in Iraq in 2008, 2009. He died in 2015 of brain cancer. This is gross on a parental level. This is not like this. This supersedes this supersedes politics, though. Like when you're using your son's death as a way to get points with the lies, everything, every story he tells bad parent material about everything of his past. He just can't find the truth with with a microscope. I mean, it's gross. It is. I just. I just thought it was important that people hear that. All right. We are going to switch gears, talk about what's happening here locally in the Missouri legislative session with the uh, lawmakers themselves and the recent drama with the Missouri Freedom Caucus. And we will do all of that with Missouri Freedom Caucus member, State Representative Justin Sparks, joins us next on Colombo and Katie. For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. To a message that went tongue-toed. Nice. Good stuff there. The urge. Mm-hmm. Love it. Man, the urge. the urge was everything when I was in my early 20s, just starting in radio. They were just it. What's they crazy? It. When I went to the when I went to Point Fest in like 2009, <clears throat> let's say or 10, sure. They were still performing. Yeah, they still perform to this day. I I would love to I mean, I don't remember that that much, but man, I bet they put on one hell of a show. Whoa. And I I've, I've seen them literally hundreds of times. That's crazy. Because back in the day, they used to play all the time, Mississippi Nights, so cool. the Blue Note in Columbia, and I mean, just like, yeah hundreds of times and they are just they, they were they were it mm-hmm. when i was like in college and yeah all right anyway that's enough that's enough down memory lane we got things to talk about and we got important people <clears throat> there's that there's this thing again there it, goes. <clears throat> there, there it, it has comes. i have not gotten rid of this whatever this little throat thing is for months it's been bugging me anyway knock it off all get, get, <laughs> get it together get it together We've got guests on the line, important people to talk to. Missouri State Representative Justin Sparks is with us. Justin, great to talk with you as always. How are you? I thought you said we were going to talk to important people. <laughs> it's just true. Me, guys. Hang up on him. Can me. you find somebody there? Are you at the Capitol? Can you find someone? <laughs> no, no. I just made it back to St. Louis. And yes, I, my house is filled with more important people than myself. We're, Primarily my wife and all of my children. And, you know, this is supposed to be the Jefferson City Report. I feel like we should just call it Swamp Sticky Notes. Yeah, there you go. Oh, that's great. I will say this, though. I am more optimistic, or I I, I think I I should maybe say that I am um, uh, uh, surprised in a good way about this week. So as you mentioned, the, the the week has just come to an end as far as the legislative session is concerned. And when we talked last week and when we were, you know, doing our show on Friday, looking forward to this week, where we were a week ago, I didn't think that, uh, you know, I thought things were at a, a complete standstill and these personal issues were going to just absolutely stop everything and it would be weeks before we would have any type of progress and i'm not saying it was a big i'm not saying it was a real big successful week but there was some stuff done in 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 the senate uh and in in jeff city in general and more communication than i thought there would be was this a looking back 
was this a was this a better week than you thought it would be going into it? And how are you feeling about um, uh, about the Freedom Caucus's message and the progress you guys are making? Yeah, none of this caught me by surprise at all. And and everybody can attribute to this. It's not because I'm a savant. Uh, it's because I have been telling everybody, guys, be prepared to be pleasantly surprised. Mm. Everybody thinks nothing's going to get done because they're looking at everything that we're doing through the lens of old politics and self-interest. Nothing could be further from the truth. It's all about policy, not personality. And see what the other side is saying is, no, no, Bill, I go run for governor. This is all about, you know, his governor. Sorry, guys. Spent a lot of time with the guy. Spent a lot of time with the guy. And I've watched him look me right in the eye and say, okay, I won't do it then. If it's going to hurt the policy, it's not going to get anything done, I'm going to take a step back. Somebody else do it. Somebody else do it. I'll Mm -hmm. just support. I'll just support. I'll withdraw it. But the reason I thought it wasn't going to be the reason I didn't think anything could possibly get done is because you need you need that other that other side has to participate. And I didn't think that they would be ready. I didn't think they'd be willing to talk. So it's good. (laughs) They weren't willing to talk. Oh, my goodness. No, No, not at all. Well, no, we were four weeks into the legislative session again, going into the fifth week. Nothing had been referred. It was going to be just like business as usual, just like for the last six years that the Senate pro Tim has been in a leadership role. This is what happened. See, he thought he thought, you know what, we'll just go uh, initiate a petition. It's the number one Republican priority. But you know what? We're just going to overlook it. We're going to run out the clock. We'll get to the end of session. Oh, darn it. Well, darn it, guys. We just couldn't get it done again. Darn it. Yeah. Not this time. Yeah. Basically, what we said was um, we're going to call you on that and nothing else is going to move until we do what the people require of us, what the people sent us here to do. Okay, so their response was what? Uh, well, we're going to take parking spots away, we're going to take your chairmanships away, we're going to vilify you, demonize you, and do everything we can to you. We'll be petty, we'll do everything we can. And we just said, eh, okay, great, do what you want, do, do your worst, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're not moving on this. We've had enough. We've drawn a line in the sand. And then it culminated with hundreds of people showing up. I've been telling you guys over and over again, if you really want to affect change, if you really want things to get done, you show up. You show up, you find out who your representative and who your senator is, and you hold them accountable. And that's what people did by the hundreds. And sure enough, that day... The basically initiative petition guys moved in four legislative days. It was referred to committee out of committee and onto the calendar in four legislative days. Nobody at the Capitol can remember in the last 10 years a major piece of legislation, a Republican priority moving that fast ever. Yeah. Ever. And you know what we do? We don't rub it in anybody's face. We just said, yeah, it took some parking spots and some chairmanships to get this done. You know what? Well worth it. Mm-hmm. You know what? You mentioned the people showing up and you mentioned the, the, the voters using their voice. It it has been, it, it had been, I think it's answered now, it had been my number one question about the voters in Missouri, but also actually the voters a, a, across the country. What do, ultimately, do voters support the idea of the Missouri Freedom Caucus or you know the the Freedom Caucus in in Washington DC that is willing to draw a line in the sand and stop and say we're not negotiating any further on these issues we've gone far enough it's time for action and hold things up if necessary to do that 
or would or would they want to see more negotiation for the sake of of progress like we've seen so many times in the past and i really didn't know which side voters were going to fall on i knew what i thought but and it sure. seems like justin that voters across the state of missouri have stood up and very strongly supported what you guys are doing in drawing a line in the sand and saying enough is enough and we need to we need to act on the things that we have said and done. Have you have you seen that that full support from your constituents? Yes, I, I, I'm, I was so heartened too. By the way, these patriots come to the Capitol. They're packed in there like sardines. They're singing "God Bless America." No name calling. Yeah, they're fired up and they're passionate. They're not cussing or calling names or banging on doors, anything like that because they're patriotic and they love their country. They love their state. They're holding their leaders accountable. That's how, that's how our founders envisioned it. It was a beautiful thing to watch. It was a beautiful thing to be a part of. I was very encouraged by it. And by the way, you know, I think some of those, the, the leadership that have been there for a long time, they're being manipulated, I, I believe. I think that they, they listen to consultants whispering in their ears and, and special interests whispering in their ears saying, these guys are this, these guys are that. They don't really, this is all about them. Guys, the Freedom Caucus didn't get this done. The people of Missouri did. And I think, and I pray, that finally some people in leadership positions are waking up to that. That's a good thing. Uh, it's a great thing to see movement on initiative petition and some other things. What is next? What what are the, the priorities for you or the, the Freedom Caucus in general? Um, what, what, what can we expect to be discussed going into next week? You know, it, it, that's a great question because it's real simple. We just put it out there. It's just the Republican Party platform priorities. That's it, right? <laughs> Protecting our Second Amendment rights, crime, law and order, right? Crime prevention, public safety, uh, medical freedom. These are the things that voters now have said is the priority of the Republican Party in the state of Missouri, and we are going to push each and every one. And if we try to go off the rails in either the House or the Senate into what we call special interest sludge, it's not going to happen. See, we can we can do other bills, but we're going to do priorities first because that's what the voters said they wanted. And they are the ones that are in charge. Very simple, very simple premise. It's very simple. This is not hard. This is why we publish the GOP platform priorities of what the people expect of us. And we're actually going to do it. Very simple. Yeah. And we had uh, speaking of actions that are being taken right now, we had Representative Chris Finelli on the show this week speaking about his House resolution uh, supporting Texas and their struggle at the border. Governor Parson is heading down uh, to the border along with Texas Governor Greg Abbott and I think 13 other governors from uh, across the country. I imagine that uh, border security is also one of those issues that you guys will be uh, addressing. What are your what are your thoughts on uh, that current situation? Couldn't be more important. You're absolutely right, because what we have is an actual invasion of our nation. Uh, the state of Texas is being invaded. They've been being invaded for a, some time now. And finally, Governor Abbott has had enough. And I'm encouraged to see Governor Parsons doing the right thing. Uh, and you know how I am, right? I'm going to say it exactly how it is. If you do something wrong, probably going to call you on that. 
If I do something wrong, call myself on that. And when you do something right, I'm going to support you. And the governor is 100% right to do this. He is doing the right thing. Take a stand. Go with Governor Abbott. Commit our resources if necessary. If we need more National Guard down there, then we send it. Because we have to send a strong message to Washington, D.C. The invasion stops now. You know, going back to what you said about in the, in, in the border security issue falls right in line with this as well. That the, that the Missouri Freedom Caucus platform is simply the Republican platform. And it's just getting these things these things done. It is sad that we have to say that getting movement or success on the initiative petition issue or others like just just getting that, you know, voted on, just getting that you know, hopefully across the finish line is a huge success. But it really is. But it, it, it unfortunately, it really is. Um, and uh, I think if nothing else, voters are are this is refreshing to see movement, to see progress on some of these common sense issues that seem to have been a slam dunk year after year that haven't gotten done. Do you feel like initiative petition and maybe some of these other like sports betting or some of these other issues that we've just sat on and talked about for the last few years, you really feel like this is the year that we get some of these things across the finish line? I'm really hopeful. I am. Uh, I, I, I was on, um, on with Nick Schroer, Stand and Fight, and yeah. we were talking to uh, Majority Leader, Floor Majority Leader, uh, Cindy O'Loughlin, and she was very candid, candid about some of her own comments and candid about wanting to work towards the future. What she said, I'm looking forward to coming back on the radio and talking about all of her successes. And sure enough, she's doing that. She's showing like we're, we're seeing like little glimmers of daylight here. We're, they're working. Now we're working, starting to work in the same direction. And you know who's really upset about that? The Democrats. <laughs> the Democrats are all of a sudden really worried. And the 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 controlling special interests in Jefferson City are all of a sudden extremely nervous. And they should be. And so what you saw was a concerted effort in the in most of the mainstream media to push out a narrative in the last 48 hours that basically the Freedom Caucus didn't accomplish anything. They were going to we were going to do all this anyway. They've just been making a bunch of noise and slowing everything down for their own gain. Nothing, nothing could be further from the truth. And by the way, the Freedom Caucus doesn't take any credit for this because it's the people. And that was the key. We just had to convince people you really do have a voice. This is your government. If you have your voice heard, they'll do what you say. Talking to Missouri State Representative Justin Sparks. We are running out of time. I want to try to uh, rapid fire a couple more quick ones. Go ahead, Katie. Justin, do you think that, I mean, there was drama, I would say, in the last two weeks that happened with amongst Republicans. Do you think that that drama spurred something positive? And if so, is this the way that you see moving forward how getting things done is going to go? Or do you think a simpler process will happen because maybe everybody's on board with each other now? Yes, Katie, what a great question. And remember, we've talked about that we believe that the Republican Party is searching for who they're going to be, what we're going to be, the soul of the Republican Party. And that's what the Freedom Caucus is all about, the conservative North Star to lead the, the Republicans back home again to our true values and beliefs, the, the beliefs and values that our voters sent us to Jefferson City to do. So to your point, the House passes open enrollment this week, right, by 86 votes. But that's still not 108. It should have been 108 because that's part of the Republican Party platform. And yet we had these 
Republicans who didn't vote for it for one reason or another. And so what we're trying to do is exactly what you're talking about. Lead them home again. Why it's okay to be conservative. Your school districts aren't going to fall apart. They're crying. They're screaming. They're, they're, it's doomsday, you know, for public schools. Not true. And what this open enrollment bill is going to finally show to the state of Missouri is that everything's about to get better in public school because we're, we're looking at, at public school again and we expect our children to receive the education that we did when we went to school. So, Justin, um, as we wrap up this week and we look forward to next week, as I mentioned earlier, it's, you need both sides of the Republican Party. You need everybody to be on the same page. You know, not you don't all have to be on the same page on, you know, every issue, but you have to be on the same page as far as communicating and willingness to work yeah. together. And last question for now, you mentioned Cindy O'Loughlin publicly. Uh, Senator O'Loughlin and Caleb Rowden have been the, the two most public figures uh, in opposition to the Missouri Freedom Caucus. And to her credit, she has been very public on this show. She's been willing to mm-hmm. to go on and speak with Nick Schroer and yourself, go back-to-back interviews on Rand- Dr. Randy Tobler's show with Nick Schroer. Um, she's, she's been very willing, and to her credit, you know, to, to talk about this publicly. Um, not so much anybody else, but I got to give her credit for that. Is that also what's happening behind closed doors? Because sometimes with politicians, as you know, what they say and do publicly is not always the case behind closed doors. Is that communication continuing behind, you know, when you guys are are in session there in the Capitol? Yes. And and here's what I, I truly am hopeful that she's being genuine. I don't know her very well. We had that conversation on the radio and I just basically said, you sound genuine. You sound and you're saying all the right things, everything that I agree with, that we both see in our state and in our country and what concerns us. So let's do it together. What we're trying to get past is, you know, sometimes there's bad blood and history and, and, and there's wrongs on both sides. And sometimes people have a hard time letting that go. And I understand that. But sometimes you put the, the people and you understand and recognize the day and hour in which we live and find ourselves is more important than old wounds and grudges, right? And so we try to put that forward. And I, I think that as both sides do that, as both sides kind of see the light and are brought back by that conservative North Star to our original values and beliefs, why we all really got elected, hopefully – then that's when you start seeing that logjam break free and big Republican things start happening. I think it's remarkable, and you're going to see me be an optimist for this year. Well, and let's see what happens. Well, I, I optimist and, and and Tony Colombo don't usually go together, but I, I am <laughs> I, I am very much more I'm very more optimistic than I was this time last week, and I hope that we continue to build on that. And uh, hopefully, when we talk to you same time. A week from now, uh, you know, we, we're talking about even more successes. Missouri State Representative Justin Sparks, thanks as always for your time and have a great rest of your day, my friend. God bless you guys. Yeah, Thank back you. At you. Great stuff there. Great insight. Great information. I feel dramatically different this week than I did last week. I do week, too. And certainly the week before. I do too. After I talking like, to Rodney Boyd yesterday yes. and Justin today. I feel dramatically different. Yeah, I do too. And I feel like things may actually get done for once in Jeff City. So we'll see. We'll continue to keep the pressure on and we'll continue 
to keep the conversation very public. Really appreciate Justin Sparks, as always, for his time. He mentioned Second Amendment rights. Uh, There is a couple big stories right now in the news regarding Second Amendment rights and gun laws. I want to get you updated on uh, those things and more next on Colombo and Katie. Still special after all these years. For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Rings the same each time it's Welcome back to Columbo Katie on 101.994.1 News Talk STL. Great stuff in that last segment from Missouri State Representative Justin Sparks. And looking forward to a conversation with Dr. Randy Tobler here in just about 15 minutes. Just after 3 o'clock, we will talk to Dr. Tobler. Uh, right now, I want to get into a couple of these stories. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on this, Katie. And I'd like to hear, you know, let us know on, on the various streams, on Facebook, YouTube. To Brumble, my Twitter at Tony Colombo Talk. Uh, you know, if you have thoughts on this as well, a Republican lawmaker in Indiana flashed his concealed firearm at students who were protesting for gun control at the state's capitol this week. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay this out, and I want you okay. to tell me if you think this is appropriate okay. or not, because obviously, this he, he's getting a lot of he's getting a lot of um, criticism. Uh, for what for doing this and getting some support for doing this, obviously, depending on which side of the aisle you fall on. State Representative Jim Lucas approached a group of five teenagers to ask what brought them to the Capitol. They were there protesting. So this small group, five kids, five teenagers protesting. Uh, he began to defend gun rights when they told him they were participating in a protest with the, uh, a branch of the Every Town for Gun Safety Advocacy Group. One of the teens began recording the exchange. So this is out there for everybody to see. Lucas argued that Americans are not truly free unless they are equipped to defend themselves. When a student asked if Lucas meant carrying a firearm, the lawmaker opened up his jacket, you know, just pulled back his his suit coat, his jacket, to show that he had a holstered gun underneath his jacket. And he said... So the student says, uh, do you mean carrying a firearm? And he said, yes, and opened his jacket and said, I'm carrying right now. And just showed that he had this gun in the holster. Lucas put out a statement after the exchange saying, quote, I fear for and pity those that are being indoctrinated to fear that which is their best means of self-defense. People are also being indoctrinated to depend on government for their safety, even when shown that government has clearly ruled that government doesn't have the duty to protect us. A little wonky there, but that was the quote word for word. Uh, one of the students involved in the incidents spoke out afterwards. A 17-year-old female uh, spoke with the Associated Press. She said that the conversation, quote, took a turn for the worse after Lucas revealed his gun. She said, since a state legislator had shown a weapon, I felt all the more powerless. I felt scared. I felt alone. I was timid and almost petrified with fear. So people are saying that by showing them the gun, that was completely inappropriate. You can't obviously pull your weapon. You can't brandish your weapon. That's against the law. Some people are saying that he did. Some people are saying that he didn't. Uh, I did ask 
Well, I, I want to get your thoughts. Mm-hmm. I did. I did talk to our friend Aaron Tarlow at Southern Armory, mm-hmm. who is my go-to, has been for years when it comes to gun laws and training Expertise, and the appropriate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And asked him what he thought of this of of the action of showing somebody that you're carrying. And he said that it's very situational. He said, if the conversation is civil and friendly and we're talking about legalities and it progresses to asking like, what about when and where to carry? Then he said that he would be more inclined to show somebody that he is carrying at that time. But he said that if it's hostile in any way, hostile from the get go, or it's contentious, if the firearm isn't going to help, uh, it, it, you know, if, if that part of the conversation isn't going to be productive in any way, it's definitely not the right thing to do. So um, I guess it's just kind of up to each person to decide, was this the was this an appropriate thing to do or was this some kind of threat? That's kind of where it's interesting to hear her say that she was petrified with fear, but that she felt alone. But all he would they asked if he had a gun. Yeah, and you can and watch said, it. It's I'm out show, there. Yeah. He just showed that he was carrying. Just open it up his coat. And, and see, and that's where I, I feel like intention is intention is the biggest determination of the of this situation. Because when you first said that when you first just gave a, a small tidbit about this mm-hmm. story, I was like yeah, like he, showing your gun. Did he, like, did yeah. he come up and trying to be badass? And yeah, like, when you look, hear... Look, look here, you're protesting. You, yeah, when you hear that somebody, that a lawmaker approached protesters and showed him a gun, like, you're look. immediately, your your immediate reaction, mine too, is like, like whoa. whoa. So that, but now that you explained the situation, which is always the case when it comes to news like this, to me, if people were inquisitive or you know if they were having a discussion like Aaron just said and he said I'm carrying now and he showed them that he was carrying and then you know maybe the conversation kept and the kid did one of the kids did ask like are you talking about carrying a firearm right and he answered the question by saying yes and I'm carrying for example I'm carrying right now that to me if it was not hostile and it wasn't and it was more of a question and an answer that is not that to me, I try to like, put myself okay, in the in that situation a big, of a deal to me. If I was standing there, and I'm, uh, you know, obviously a huge gun rights Second Amendment person, so you know, I'm on that right, side right. of this issue. If I was standing there and I was with somebody and we were having this debate <clears throat> publicly, mm-hmm. and the person I was with. You know, somebody asked them, like, are you talking about caring? And they said, yeah, look, I'm caring right now. How would I react? Yeah. And in that specific situation, I don't think that I would have a big, like, whoa, what are you? You told me you were carrying. Yeah. They said it. But I will say that I would, in my opinion, the majority of the time, that's probably not appropriate. That's that it, it really has to be a, a specific type of situation, kind of like what Aaron yeah. laid out there, very situational. That if there's any type of hostilities or confrontation, that is definitely not the time to show anybody your gun. Yeah, it just it's just so bizarre because we're talking about a lawmaker. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking about a, But they were talking about laws. 
You know, I mean, yeah, like, yeah, I guess that's true, though. Too. It's it just that just such a this is such a anomaly of a situation to me where a lawmaker's like, here it is. Mm-hmm. You're talking about it. It just is weird. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting it, it really is a very I, I the reason I wanted to talk about this is because it's a really interesting situation it's a it it really does get to the core of your rights yeah you know what are you what are your rights as a as a person carrying a a a weapon what is the right thing to do what is the wrong thing to do i think this is like i don't think i would be a conversation to have i think if he showed me the gun and that was the topic of discussion and i would be like oh okay like he told me he was carrying he showed me he was carrying i'm a peace out probably but yeah okay there's another bill that uh, is being introduced in Tennessee that would tax people quite a bit for the purchase of firearms. Uh, I want to kind of lay out that story as well and react to some of those things. Uh, we'll have that conversation and much more with Dr. Randy Tobler, who joins us next on Colombo and Katie on 1019 and 941 News Talk STL.